Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. Amen. Aren't you glad you came today just to be in the presence of God with the people of God where you, you get to do things you didn't really probably didn't do? I bet you didn't take communion all the rest of this week, did you? Probably not, right? And so when we come together like this and we have moments like this together, they're sacred, they're special, they're, they're significant, they matter. And so I'm so, so glad that you're here uh, today to be a part of that with us. And, and if you're with us uh, online, we're so glad that you are worshiping with us this morning uh, as well. You know, we have people from literally all over the world that join us every Sunday or watch throughout the week. It's pretty crazy to think about that. And I just want to say, for those of you who worship online, let us know. Give us a little shout in the comment section of where you're joining us from. We just love to see how God's moving through this church. And for those of you who are online who live in Chicagoland, <laughs> do we even have to tell them? You should be here. If at all possible, we want you here. We want you here in our presence, in the presence of God. So do whatever you got to do to be here. It's not too late. In fact, you probably make it I mean, it's a short message today, but I bet you could make it by the end of this. You could do it today. So we want you to be here because you're part of a very special day. Today's a very, 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 very special day. Today we are celebrating something that is central to the life of a Jesus follower and to the church that Jesus established. Today we are celebrating baptism, which we are very excited as a church to celebrate. You can cheer for that because baptism Sundays are bananas here at Soul City, and we're actually going to be celebrating what transformation looks like in public. But not only that, we're actually going to be offering you an invitation to transformation yourself, an opportunity for you to actually say yes to Jesus, maybe for the first time ever in your life, maybe for the first time in a long time for you in your life. That is what today is actually all about. That's what we have come to do. But before we get to that, I want to give you a quick little update from something we did last week. We talked about last week. Last week, we, we talked about how when we get that all that we've got is a gift from God, our response is gratitude, and then our responsibility is generosity. It's to do what God did with us to God. Our response is gratitude. Our responsibility is actually generosity. And so we encourage people to, to begin their giving journey with God, trusting God with a portion of their resources. We encourage people to really consider that and pray that. You know, it's so fun as we've seen uh, over the last little stretch here, we've seen 50, about 50 folks say yes to giving to God and started up just recently, just here at this church, started doing that. That's a pretty exciting thing. And then, well, yeah, you can clap for that. Thank, I, you can clap. No, just her, just you. You can clap for that. Okay. And then also we offered yesterday uh, something we've been doing for a long, long time. It's kind of like almost like a budget boot camp. It's called our Money Wise Workshop. And we actually, okay, Tammy's excited. We had 34 folks show up here for the Money Wise Workshop, which is awesome. Here's what I love. And the whole goal of that is to help you get your money right, right? So that you can live more financially free and be able to trust God with all of it. Here's what's so fun. Because of the generosity of this church, someone in our church said, well, there should not be any burden to anyone going to this. And they sponsored 22 folks to go to our Money Wise workshop yesterday. That's the generosity of this church on display. See, what's so cool is your, your generosity is unlocking opportunity in other people's lives. And your generosity is unlocking more and more transformation in your own life. And I just want, I want you to hear as one of your pastors, I just want you to get this one right with God. 
Whatever that looks like, that's between you and God. I just want you to get this one right, trusting God in that way. I want you to get this one right in your marriage if you happen to be married. I want you to get this one right in your family if you happen to have a family. We want to help you unleash greater generosity in your life with God, trusting him with all your resources, and unlock greater and greater transformation in your life by doing so. So two ways that you can do that. There, You can give online, and I, there should be a little QR code behind me. Uh, you can scan that, take your phone out right now if you want to explore that. You know, the majority of our church actually gives online. It's how Gene and I have done it from the very beginning of this church. It's a way that you can kind of set it up so you don't mess it up. So if you want to do that, just scan that right now, and we'll just automatically deduct $1,000 out of your bank right now. Because we want to help you get started. We just want, no, we would, God, are you kidding me? It's just a link. That's all it is. You're going to do nothing. You can do it that way online. A lot of people do it that way. But if you like to give, you want to be in the house when you give, and you want that to be a physical, spiritual act for you, we have spirit no expense. We brought the fanciest plastic buckets for you to do just that. So I'm going to invite our host team to come forward. If you want to give right now here in this moment, you can do that as I continue on. Uh, This weekend was a big weekend for our family. It was a fun weekend for our family. Uh, This weekend was homecoming weekend for the Stevens family and for our kids' school. And it it is so much fun for Jeannie and I having two high schoolers in the house with us, especially for moments like this. And so they did not want me to do this, but come on, how good do they look? Look at them kids. Come on now, how good do they look? And they wanted me to be very clear. They did not go with each other to homecoming. Just be very, this was the pictures that we took before they went off to do all of their own things. It has been so much fun uh, this weekend. And somehow, somehow, I don't even know how, somehow our house became the pre-party party house. And then there was no plan for this, but spontaneously, the post-party house. We became the after-party house as well. And there's a bunch of kids in our house last night that I'd never, ever met before till, oh, about 1 a.m. last night. So I'm, I'm going on like 13 minutes of sleep right now. So this message is going to get real, real fun. But one of the things that's so fun about, about homecoming is that so much of it, I don't know if you all remember, but some of you, it's been a minute since you were in homecoming. Some of our students know all about it. It's all about the ask, about asking whoever it is that you want to go with you to homecoming. And there is... For those of us who are a little bit more like older heads, like it's a whole thing now, the ask. There's a whole lot of work that's involved. There's signs and the signs have to be themed with whatever that person's favorite movie or song is. Flowers, of course, are involved. There's usually a video crew and I'm not kidding. When Gigi was asked, there was three guys in the bushes filming it for social. <laughs> it, is, it is a whole, uh, I think I asked a girl like in between classes like once, like as we were. So one of the girls that was at our, one of our mini parties last night at our house uh, told us that a guy had asked her to homecoming the night before homecoming, wait for it, over text. My guy, you, you did not, and do you want to guess what she said? Hard pass, that is not happening. You got to come with that sign. You did not get this off of text. The crazy thing about all of that energy that goes into that, all of it hinges on a yes. Like all that energy, there's a whole lot of stress that goes into that yes hoping that that person will say yes. I don't know if you've ever thought about that before, but there's a lot of power in your yeses. There is a lot of power in the things that you actually say yes to. In fact, you may have said yes to a job that's now kind of opened up all kinds of new opportunities for you. It may have even brought you to this city because of that yes, your whole life has changed. You may have said yes to a marriage proposal, and so that changed the trajectory of your life in that regard. You may have said yes to an invite to church. In fact, I know there's folks that are here today who may have never been here before, but someone said, would you come? And you said yes. And you have no idea what God wants to do in your life today. 
Some of you all have said yes to helping a friend move. And you immediately regretted that. Yes, you want to take that yes back. You want, some yeses are good, so not so much. You know, there is so much power in your yeses. And especially in light of what we're going to be doing here today, what I want you to consider is simply this. What if God's best is on the other side of your yes? What if God's best for your life, what you've been longing for, what you've been looking for, what you've been searching for, what if God's best is just right on the other side of your yes? What if the entire trajectory of your life, in this life and in the life beyond, all of it was waiting on the other side of your yes? There's, there's power in your yeses. And one of my favorite pictures of the power of a yes, one of my favorite stories that I get to tell, I love to tell when I get to talk about and, and, and set up the idea of baptism when we're together like this, is, is a story in the New Testament of several yeses. Yeses that had a multiplying effect that opened up God's best for all of those that we're going to be looking at in the story today. And it's found in the book of Acts, which is right towards the beginning of the New Testament, chapter eight. So if you have a Bible with you, you can open to Acts chapter eight if you want to do it on your phone or a separate tab if you're with us online. But there should be a Bible right under your seat, Kelly mentioned it, or on your armrest, you can turn to page 890 in that Bible, and that will get you to Acts chapter 8. This is such a fun story of what it looks like to say yes and the power of what lies in our yeses. Now, let me give you some context as to where we're at in in Acts chapter 8. This is actually not that long after the life and death and resurrection and the ascension of Jesus. His church that he established was barely born. Like it had just been going for a little while now. And there was a young leader in that very first church and his name was Philip. And he loved telling people about the transforming love of Jesus. And so he was kind of sharing this message about Jesus wherever he could go. And that's where our story picks up with Philip in Acts chapter eight, verse 26. Uh, We'll put it up on the screen for you as well. This is what it says. Now an angel of the Lord, that's important. Put a pin in that. An angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So right here at the start of this story, we have a yes or no moment where Philip has a decision to make. And I just want to let you know, as one of your pastors, a good rule of thumb, when an angel of God tells you to do something, what do you think the right answer is? Yeah, it's it's yes. So if that happens to you this week, I just want you to be prepared. It's a yes if an angel tells you to do it. So we see right at the start, Philip has a choice to make. And God's saying, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go onto this road. All he got was that invitation. That's all he got. And it happened to be literally from God. And he had a decision to make. And so we, we see exactly what it does. Verse 27, 28 says this. So he started out. I love that. So he started out and we talked about this last week on his way. We talked last week about how God always makes a way on the way. And so this is one of those stories as he's on his way, it says that he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of the treasury of the Gandake, which is the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Verse 28 says this, and on this man's way back home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. So much context in these few verses. Now the Bible tells us here in this, that, that this man that Philip is seeing off in the distance was an Ethiopian, which means he was clearly far from home. He was coming back from Jerusalem. He's very, very, very far from home. The text also tells us that he was a eunuch, which means you know what? Email John. Ask John. No, ask John because he would love to answer that question. In fact, everyone email John this week and ask him what a eunuch is. He would love to break it down for you. The text says that he was also the head of finance 
for the queen of Ethiopia. So translation, this guy's kind of a big deal, right? He's kind of a big deal. And he's pulled over on the side of the road, reading the book of Isaiah, a copy of which would be very hard for anyone other than a high priest to get their hands on, yet somehow he had one because he was determined. He was reading the, the book of Isaiah. So Philip had to be wondering, okay, is this, is this why God told me to come down on this road? Is this the reason that I'm actually supposed to be? Was it to talk to this guy? Is that it, God? God, did you send an angel from heaven for me to make small talk with a stranger? I don't, I don't understand the whole plan, but look what happens in verse 29. It says this, then the spirit told Philip, yep, go to that chariot. And I love this. And just stay near it. I love, I love the specificity of God. You know, just, just stay near it. Now, again, Philip had another decision to make because that's a little awkward. That can be a little weird because the spirit is basically asking Philip to be like a low-key stalker, you know, just kind of like the spirit's like, you know, just go over there and kind of be around, but don't be obvious. You know, look interested, but not too interested. Close, but not too close. Look, Philip, just don't be weird. That's basically all that he's got to go off of. And so often with these kinds of invitations, that's all we ever really get. Rarely do you ever get the whole plan or picture from God. Often all you ever get is the next step. Anyone ever experienced that? You want, I want the picture. I want God to lay it all out. I I need your five-year plan for my life. I'd like to know exactly how it's going to go. And God's like, cool, 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 cool. Just this next step. Show up to this lunch. Write that person a card. Pray for that person right now. Just the next step, next step, and next step. And that's all Philip needed because look what happens. Oh, I, love, I love this. Verse 30. Then Philip, what's the word? What does everyone, what does it say? Then Philip what? Then Philip ran. ran. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. And I just love, he goes, do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked him. I love it. He just kind of, first of all, I love that he did not get the memo about not being weird. <laughs> Clearly, because the angel of the spirit of God is speaking to him like, okay, just, just go over there. And he's like, got it. And just starts running towards the guy, right? This was like a yes with an exclamation point, basically, that he was getting. And then he gets up to the guy and he sees what he's reading. You can just seem like, what you reading? What are you reading? What's, what do you got there? What do you got? What are, what are you reading? Oh, Isaiah? Isaiah, do you get it? Do you make sense? Do you understand it? I mean, he just goes right in with this person. And if you've ever read the book of Isaiah or any part of that book, it's confusing. It can be very, very confusing. For followers of Jesus, it can be very, very confusing. So you can understand why this person, this Ethiopian leader reading it was maybe struggling with a little bit. So verse 31, he says this, what you and I would say, how can I understand it? unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And then Philip goes on over the next couple of verses to explain to him how Isaiah the prophet, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before that moment that they were in, was speaking to the future coming of God's promised one, his only son, Jesus. And how God had demonstrated his love through Jesus by sending him to us, for us, with us, and how actually it was Jesus's life and death and resurrection that all of what Isaiah was talking about and pointing to, and how Jesus was actually the center of everything. And after explaining this passage to him, the story takes a a very, very, very exciting turn. Look at this in verse 38. It says this, as they traveled along the roads, they're talking, they're riding, they're going, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, look, here's some water right here. What can stand in the, I love this. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water. And right then and right there, Philip baptized him. How beautiful is that? You've got to love this. 
That here they are having this spiritual conversation and we don't know how much Philip knew about Jesus, how much he'd maybe even, or sorry, this Ethiopian leader had heard about Jesus, how much he'd understood or anything before this moment with Philip. We don't know any of that. What we do know is that he had actually heard enough to know that Jesus was his way. He's like, what's stopping me from saying yes to Jesus and doing this thing you were just talking about, about being baptized? And he decided right then, right there to say yes to Jesus. He didn't need to think about it. He didn't need to weak. He didn't need to like ponder it and mull it over. He didn't need someone on the keys to come up and lightly play behind as Philip was wrapping up. He's like, I've heard enough. I'm ready to go. Let's go. What's stopping me from being baptized? He had heard all that God had done for him and for everyone, and that was enough. And it makes me just have to wonder about you and about me is what else do you need to know that Jesus is what you need? What's left? You want every question answered? Good luck. Wait till heaven. What else do you need to know? To know that Jesus is actually, actually what you've been searching for. That Jesus is actually all that you need. What's standing in the way of your yes to him today? Now, imagine just for a moment, if Philip, at the we rewind the tape back, at the beginning of this story, imagine if Philip had not said yes to the spirit of God. Imagine if he'd been too busy or too preoccupied, you know, doing good churchy stuff. See, what's so powerful is that his yes led to someone else's yes. Because God's God's best is not only just on the other side of our yes. Sometimes someone else's yes is on the other side of your yes. You have no idea. And that would be enough to just wrap the story right there. Like, oh my gosh, he got baptized. Isn't that beautiful? That's amazing. But I want to give you the very last little tag on this story because it's just So fun. Verse 39 says this. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. We have no idea what that means. We don't know. All we know is Philip is gone. We don't know if he beamed up. We don't know if he forced gumped his way out of there and just started running. Like we have no idea. All that we know is he gone. Like he comes out of the water. Philip's gone. That's it. Now what we see in this, one of my favorite stories in in the Bible, both through Philip and through this Ethiopian leader is that what God most wants, what God longs for from you and for you, for your life that will change your life is just your yes. That's it. God wants, if you know me, you know this is my life's message. God wants your yes and nothing less. That's it. That's all I got to say on that. God just wants your yes. Will you say yes to him? Whatever it may be, big or small, God wants your yes and nothing less. Say yes to his gift of salvation in your life. Say yes to his invitation to transformation in your life. God wants your yes and nothing less. Just Say yes. And we want to give you an opportunity to actually do just that. We want to give you an opportunity to just say yes today. In a little bit, we're going to celebrate baptism together. We're going to do what we saw the Ethiopian leader do in this story, to say yes to God, to to say yes to God's yes to you through Jesus. And just like in the story, we don't want to overcomplicate. I love just how simple his response is. We don't want to 
overcomplicated. Because really, all you need for a moment like this is your yes, some water, and witnesses. We got all those things here today. It's just, it's just about your yes. And I want you to see what a yes looks like in real time to Jesus. A yes to, to baptism through the story of a new friend of mine, gotten to know over the last little bit now, uh, Joe, who's a part of our church. He's someone who'd said yes to Jesus as a child. He'd even said yes to baptism as, as, a, as a young man. But then, you know, life happens, adulting happens, college happens. And he found himself in a place this last year where he wanted to begin again with Jesus, to come home and say yes again in this season. And so I want you to listen to Joe's story and see what a yes looks like in real time, real life. I am from uh, Southwest Michigan, a town called St. Joe, uh, Joe from St. Joe. Growing up in church, my grandfather was a pastor. I was baptized at a very young age. Um, I did the Sunday school, did the memory verses. I love doing those memory verses and get competitive with my classmates and think that I own them um, on, on that competition. I really enjoyed that and gave me a really good uh, foundation growing up for, for my faith. You know, you leave home and you go out to college and the world is your oyster, you know? The focus was um, having a good time being accepted, um, kind of rolling with the crowd, that, that freedom and that free will that like my path kind of veered a little bit. First job out of college was for a beer distributor um, in my hometown, you know, had an opportunity from Pepsi um, in Chicago. And, um, you know, Chicago for me, like I grew up on WGN, I grew up on Michael Jordan, I grew up on the Cubs, um, you know, my dad was here. Um, so I'm like, I'm all in. Chicago became ingrained in my blood. I got wrapped up in, in having too good of a time. For me, it was like, there was always, there was always a beer or there was always a drink involved. And I just thought that was, it, it was normal. I was maybe not paying attention um, to some of the things that people had told me along the way about my lifestyle. I mean, I was in no man's land. Um, couldn't see. There were there were signs along the way of friends dying through through alcoholism and through addiction that um, man I didn't look in the mirror. But God continued to bless me. I was thankful, frankly, to be alive after after um, what I put myself through and and maybe even um, the the people around me through. I got married during COVID. I was not a good spiritual leader for um, for that marriage. And I think it took um, a failed marriage um, for me to realize that my addiction and um, I guess my over usage of alcohol and having a good time um, got in the way of, of what was most important. The actual uh, rings were exchanged, and we said, um, you know, it was like, can't do it anymore. Um, and so um, it was that next day that um, I threw myself into recovery. Baptism signified a fresh start, owning my mistakes and trying to move forward. I didn't like who I was. I wasn't, wasn't hitting my potential, and 
who I know God wants me to be. And the baptism was for me a a washing away of all the all the stuff that I, I I thought life was supposed to be like. After baptism, it's just this idea of living inside out versus outside in, being able to share a story in hopes that it impacts somebody else is like how I've connected with other people in the past and how they've impacted me and hopefully my story would resonate for them to take a leap of faith. Isn't that awesome? I, just, I honor Joe's courage and, and transparency in sharing his story with us. And I love that, that what Joe got, what we saw in our story today is that your yes to God doesn't always happen in a perfect moment. In fact, it rarely ever happens actually in a perfect moment, but it, it can always only actually happen in the present moment. May not be a perfect moment like you have in your head, but your yes always can only come in the present moment, here and now. And in a moment, we're actually gonna give you an opportunity to say a yes to Jesus, a yes to, to, to baptism. And, and my hunch is that there may be all kinds of reasons why you're thinking, this isn't for me today. I'm the, I, should not, I should not be baptized today. I didn't come here today thinking I was going to do this. I did not get up this morning thinking I was going to be baptized. I'm currently not wearing any swimwear anywhere on my person right now, right? I'd like to send out a calendar invite so that I can invite some more people, have it be a more perfect moment. I get it. But listen, listen, don't let a perfect moment postpone this present moment. Don't let what you think it should be in your head keep you from what God is doing in this moment. If you're ready to say yes to Jesus, this is your moment. Yes to baptism, this is your moment. And if you've already said yes, but have for whatever reason not said yes to baptism, today is your day. And maybe like Joe, you said yes a long time ago. Maybe you said yes to Jesus or you were baptized when you were a kid or earlier in your life, but like his story, life has happened and you want to begin again with Jesus to come back home, this is your opportunity to do so today. This present moment is actually the perfect moment for your yes to God. And I would just, to borrow a phrase from a story we just read, look, here's water. What's stopping you? What's keeping you from being baptized today? Now, I wanna just say a, a, a couple things about this process that we're about to experience together. First of all, when people get baptized today, or maybe when you get baptized today, you need to know there's nothing like special or holy about the water. We don't fly it in from Rome. We don't like do some ceremony for it. It's Lake Michigan water. I mean, it's the same stuff we drink. There's nothing. It's a symbol. The power is in the symbol, not the water, but the symbol. Does that make sense? It's the symbolism of someone dying and then being raised into new life with Jesus. And you're going to see that today. It's a beautiful having my sins washed away like we just sang and brought into new life with Jesus. And maybe for you, you're thinking, oh, I think I want to do this, but I was baptized as an infant and I don't want to like disrespect what my parents did. And we would just say to that, like if you were baptized as an infant, what that was, was your parents' intention for you to say yes to Jesus. You had no control over that moment. You were an infant. And this is not a cancellation of that infant baptism. It's actually the completion of it because it's you choosing to say, yes, Jesus is my way. 
So I'm gonna pray in a little bit. I'm actually gonna lead us through a prayer. And then I'm gonna give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus and to say yes to baptism. And right after I pray, we're, we're gonna invite you to actually get up and go out to our second floor lobby. So those of you in this floor, head straight back. Those of you who are in the balcony, come down the stairs and come right over here towards our prayer hall. And our amazing baptism team is waiting for you. And they have, I cannot stress this enough, everything you need everything you need in every size for every type of hair, for every type of body. They have thought through it all. And I mean, it. it's actually beautiful to see how they've worked through and thought through everything you would need to get baptized. They don't want anything to stand in the way of your yes today. And I will say this, when you see someone, you know, in a moment, walk back or walk down the stairs to get baptized. That's your cue. One to be celebrating your brains off, like just going nuts. And then when they come to get baptized, we want you to actually come down and stand with them and support them. Don't, there's, you can come up here. It's okay. You rushed the stage at a concert before. Same idea, just for Jesus this time. Celebrating transformation. So you can come right up to the front and stand with them. Don't hesitate. We want you actually right there next to them in the, in the water. So if you know anyone, 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 maybe they're in a small group of years, maybe you serve together on a team, come on up and stand with them and celebrate them. It means more than you actually know. Okay, does that make sense? I'm gonna pray. When I say amen, boom, that's it. That's like the, the gun just goes off, boom. That's the start of the race. You go straight out those doors, straight down those stairs, and our baptism team is gonna meet with you, pray with you, prepare you, and then we're gonna celebrate what transformation looks like in real time, in real lives, right here in this room. So I'm gonna pray. You're gonna start feeling some butterflies. You're gonna start feeling nervous. Palm sweaty, mom spaghetti. You're gonna start feeling all all the things and start convincing yourself all the reasons why you shouldn't do this today. And I would just say to you, if that's going on in yourself right now, in your body, in your mind, in your heart right now, I would say those are actually all signs that today is the day for you to say yes. Because you're up against the edge of one of the most important yeses you could ever make. To just see and say yes to all that God has done for you, all that God wants to do in you and all that God will do through you. God already said yes to you through Jesus. Now you get to give your yes to him. So I'm gonna ask everyone to stand in this room, here on the floor, in the balcony, everyone stand if you can. And I'm gonna pray. And, and if for you, it's like, I'm ready. There's nothing, I don't need anything else to say yes to Jesus. And you wanna say yes to a relationship with Jesus for the first time, I'll pray a prayer at the beginning here. And if you want, you can just repeat my exact words, make them yours. You pray them from your heart, but if you want to follow along, if you don't exactly have the words yet, let me pray with you and for you, okay? So if you want to say yes to Jesus, you can follow along my words. And then last thing I'm going to say, because everyone's already getting their prayer posture. So let me just say, last thing. Those of you who would call yourselves Christians who have said yes to Jesus, maybe you've been baptized. This is the last thing I'm going to say. You start praying right now for every yes in this room. Activate. <laughs> Go in. Pray for those who are wrestling with their yes to Jesus today. Would you do that with us together? Start praying, start praying. And if you want to say yes to Jesus today, I'm going to pray. Remember when I say amen, that's when we go. So we take a posture of prayer with our hands open. It's a great symbol for us. And if you want to pray and say yes to Jesus, follow my words right now. You can say this, Jesus, I say yes to you today. Yes to you as my way. Forgive me for the seasons and the areas of my life where I've wandered from you. Forgive me and make me new. Give me the life that only you can, the life that I've been longing for in this life 
and beyond. Thank you for loving me, Jesus. And today I say I love you through my yes to you. And Jesus, I pray for every single person who's praying that in their own words, in their own way right now, whether in this room or online, we just pray for a movement of your Holy Spirit that we would not hold anything back from you, that we would not wait for some perfect moment, but we would respond to you in this present moment and say yes to you. And I pray for every person who's gonna be baptized today as we get to celebrate what transformation looks like in public. May we be reminded, God, that you are still moving, you are still working, you are not done with us yet, you have so much more in store for us if we would just say yes to you. And so help this be an encouragement for more and more and more yeses to you. It's in your name that we pray and baptize every one of these folks. Amen.